now we're going to move on. I'm going to be talking with Kristen Huff for the next several, several minutes. And I'm going to introduce her before I converse with her. So Kristen Huff is an artist, educator, and curator recently based out of Las Vegas, Nevada. She received her BA from Wesleyan University in English and Studio Art and her MFA from UC Davis, where she was awarded the Provost and Marguerite Mondavi Fellowships. Her work has been exhibited nationally and has been featured in New American Paintings, Friend of the Artist, and Hyperallergic. In addition, she's been an artist in residence at the Vermont Studio Center and the ECF Downtown Arts Center in Los Angeles, and recently released a book with National Monument Press. She co-founded an artist-run project space, Outback Art House, and has co-curated exhibitions throughout Los Angeles, as well as at Carnation Contemporary in Portland, Oregon. Welcome, Kristen. Hello, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Um, I am going to try sharing my screen at various points so I can just pull up your paintings. Sounds but good. Until I can figure that out, I do have lots of questions for you. Awesome. Um, first of all, I'm really curious about the difference between your work with Survivor and your work with Bachelor in Paradise in terms specifically of the way you use subtitles and closed captions because mm -hmm. they seem to be doing some really different work in both series. Yeah, definitely. Um, the Survivor stuff started more as a reaction to me looking at sort of like uh, manufactured landscapes and, you know, notions of reality in terms of the landscape and all of that. And also looking at like the interactions between contestants um, and, you know, sort of like the game of it all. Um, but the Bachelor in Paradise stuff really kind of honed in more specifically on like how women are re represented and, you know, women and love and sort of like the commodification of women's emotions more specifically even. Um, so all of them are, you know, screenshots of women crying. And so the subtitles here really are playing with sort of how, like how the producers dramatize it. And, you know, like that quote, that poor little girl, she's not doing well. I don't know. I just like, I, it was too good not to include. I just thought it was so like gross and perfect. Um, and the interesting thing about that quote specifically is that it was like another female contestant who's in a lot of these who said it about her. Um, so it's just sort of this way that it's like becomes this big charade, but also like finding moments of like, like raw emotion in there and, you know, playing with when it's real, but then also, you know, there's some where it's like the music notes and some where it says like, um, dramatic music or laughter. And so you just kind of see like the, the game of it all. Um, and I liked how with these screenshots, I liked including like in this one at the bottom, like part one and the episode number. And so you can't, they like in some ways look like other pains in our history, you know, like Lichtenstein or Gogon or whatever, like bright colors, tropical locations, but then you're kind of constantly reminded that it's from TV. Yeah, well, nod to the Kardashians down there. 
Can you talk a little bit more about the game of it all? Yeah, um, I mean, I guess, you know, ever I feel like people who watch reality TV, you kind of, it's like, obviously there's like some voyeurism and some believing in it, but, you know, whenever you, if you research it, like you just can't deny that like the scenarios are all like almost entirely created by the producers. And so I think it's interesting to like, take these moments and do something like slow and earnest at times like painting when it's sort of this like created environment. Um, so yeah, I read this book earlier this year that was all about the behind the scenes of the filming of The Bachelor and you know they have to sign contracts that say like we can take exactly what you say and edit it to be the opposite or you know they can just well, sort of what? Sorry. What? That is, that's bonkers. <laughs> yeah, they call it like Franken-splicing when they just like, you know, take <laughs> little bits of text and like create a whole new sentence. So sort of just like this, I think the act of like falling into the deception is interesting. And like, I watch it the same way, you know, you believe it and you sort of follow these people or characters or contestants however you want to look at them like paths after the show's over but then you know you kind of like have to remind yourself of like the grand scheme of it like there's one story in the book where the showrunner would hand out hundred dollar bills to producers like when they got people to cry or like have a really messy confession so it's it's pretty gross <laughs> interesting why i mean why is it gross you know because isn't i mean isn't everything manufactured to a certain extent anyway and totally i mean i guess when i say gross in that sense like with the money is it's sort of it's like manipulating the contestants like one producer you know they don't necessarily know this is happening i feel like they ha they said they hired one producer that would always like get drunk with them and pretend to be like their buddy to get them to confess stuff. And so like the characters kind of undergo the same thing as the viewers where they're like believing in it in the moment. And I guess the grossness is the manipulation. Um, and then just the capitalizing on the sadness, I guess. That's so weird. Cause then it's actually really authentic, right? Like, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, there. I and I didn't realize that. I thought they were very much actors. Um. I mean, I think there are moments where they have to like reshoot something, and so like in a sense, they sometimes they're acting. But um, I mean, I always think you have to remind yourself that you know they have like no stimulus outside of this like situation that they've been put in, and so. I think it's hard to not convince yourself it's real in some ways and in that way it's sort of like how I think of it as a game too it's like a set of rules that everyone follows um but within following the rules you kind of get lost in it yeah I do you I mean is this what I'm supposed to feel in these when I see these I like have a knee-jerk laugh every like when I just flipped to this one <laughs> I almost busted out laughing. 
I mean, that one, especially, you know, like I made her tears like very over the top and like the bottom girl kind of looks like Disney-y a little bit. Um, For no so I reason. Like, that, like dance between humor and it's like so over the top, but then also like this one is almost, I think, one of the sadder ones, even though cause they just seem so resigned to it, you know, it's not like the big sob. It's just sort of this like quiet, malaise. <laughs> And then, I mean, like, I think also, I, I was looking at these a lot a month or so ago and just kind of like going through it and one after the other and then just building on top of each other. And I just, I mean, it's kind of an interesting range of emotions I find from being like, this is effing hilarious to like, this is painted with so much care and attention to <laughs> how like pathetic and depressing it is and then kind of like that constant roller coaster yeah I mean um, I do think they're funny though I feel like I've always I often struggle with like I find my work really funny and <laughs> other people don't uh, <laughs> so it's definitely playing with that I mean I guess the one thing I would I hope it doesn't or one thing I sort of struggle with this work is I've definitely had moments where I'm like, oh no, is this like the opposite of feminist work? You know what I mean? Like I get worried that it's sort of like me doing the same thing that the show is doing. Um, but I think in like pointing, like in the moments that are chosen in the subtitles and like sort of the greater package, it becomes commentary on and not just, I don't know, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I was, how, what we, we, what we were talking about the other day in terms of um, in terms of this being a guilty pleasure and and that I mean there just seems to be such a fine line between this being something that's really fascinating and bizarre and actually like not low but super high and how bizarre and contrived it is mm -hmm. like a Jeff Kuhn sculpture or something you know it's just like or sorry or um but then on the other hand, it's still classified as a guilty pleasure. Mm -hmm. And I think like, I feel like the line between those two things is similar to, are you adopting and supporting this, whatever cultural mandates this is pushing? Mm -hmm. Or are you commenting on them? Right. Like yeah, exactly. That's sort of always like the line I feel like I'm toying with a little um I don't know I feel like this work in a lot of ways is even though it is like so absurd is actually more honest for me than you know like talking about like the guilty pleasure or whatever like kind of like succumbing to like a, an authentic interest and painting about it instead of painting about something that like feels more like intellectual in a way um uh-huh do you would so do you think that those are more earnest than your survivor paintings? Um, I guess maybe I mean like the reality TV work in general. Okay. Because I do love survivor also. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I did the studio visit with um, this photographer that we're going to show actually in Vegas soon, hopefully. But um, we were talking about like trying to be original in photography or something and he said something that like I found like 
so amazing that I feel like I, it's very simple, but I hadn't really thought about. And just like he was talking about being excited to be working on in a way that everybody else is. And instead of that being like a pitfall, it's actually like being part of like a movement is something to be like desired. Um, and I guess that's like in my own way, I feel like I, that's sort of about this work is, you know, leaning into something that I like that is also just this like massive cultural phenomenon. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and doesn't every massive cultural phenomenon need a Kristen Huff <laughs> comment on it? Or like, or to, or to think about, I mean, if no one's painting slow paintings about something that everyone's just like basically drank through a straw overnight on Netflix because it's on reruns or 10 years later. And I mean, it's, I was reading about guilty pleasures after a conversation the other day and kind of, um, this one writer was talking about how in France they don't have a distinction between guilty pleasures because culture isn't as hierarchized, hierarchicalized there. <laughs> and it's just, I mean, that seems so hard to believe. I don't know. Maybe it's just like so outside of like the way we look at arts and culture in this country that it's like I can't even really imagine a world where some art forms are given you know like when everything's more democratic I don't know I'd be I'd be interested to talk to a French person about that yeah well in France what did it feel that way I wasn't I mean I was like a young young 20s and not super in touch with this scene at all but it just felt like everything that's cultural is delicious there. Like, mm -hmm. you know, and that whether it's high or low, there's chocolate croissants and then there's the Louvre and, mm -hmm. and people eat chocolate croissants outside of the Louvre. Right. I don't, I, that's dumb, but, um, but also there's just like no word for guilty pleasure over there. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it, I do think it's such a weird idea. I don't know. Like it's this admitting we're doing something we know we shouldn't be doing, but really it's very okay that we're doing it. Right. Like it really is just the only punishment is cultural capital. And people are going to be like, you're watching VIP season three. Right. <laughs> like who cares? <laughs> totally yeah I mean it's funny to think about the croissant because I feel like a really good croissant is actually like considered very high culture here in some ways <laughs> we capitalize on French things in that way you know yeah maybe everything's just really high over there no matter what because it's French yeah so it doesn't really matter there um, um, I mean Survivor actually did start in Sweden, I think. The first season, it was called, like, um, I'm trying to remember the original name. But it had some name of, like, uh, 
who's that guy that got stranded on an island? Oh my God, it's a very famous like- Robinson Crusoe? Yeah, yeah, I think it was called like Island Robinson. It was called something like that, like some name. Um, And they did it once there and then it got, someone picked it up in America one year later and like in 2000. Um, But yeah, it's funny like when these shows actually do get pulled from Europe because I feel like they have such like an American identity. but the, you know, the impetus for them is sort of stolen in a way. I, I think I'm gonna have to watch one of these before it ever came over here because I have no way of conceiving a reality TV show outside of American mm-hmm. cultural obsessions. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I've seen some, there's been some Bachelor shows where they have people from other countries Bachelor, like, all together. Um, And that's kind of, when you see that, it kind of makes them all seem the same, you know, because they're, like, reality TV stars that are, like, hams for the camera a little bit. Um, (laughs) But it really, it just feels very equalizing when, you know, like, the, the borders become sort of unimportant. But... Yeah, I haven't watched a whole season. I keep Terrace House is on my list of shows to watch. Terrace House? Yes, it's, um, I'm trying, I don't remember exactly when it came out, but I think it's on Netflix. Huh. It is from, um, yeah, it's a Japanese reality show where they all live in a house together. But I've heard that like a lot less happens. Like they kind of, it's more like actually just living. I don't know if that's true though. I'll have to watch it. (laughs) So, so will I. (laughs) I'm definitely more curious about reality TV than I ever have been since looking at your paintings. (laughs) So are you writing any letters to celebrities? Any reality TV stars? Um, Maybe. I haven't, not yet. I'm not fully deep in reality TV enough to start a letter to a reality TV star. 